My name's Alison. I'm a member here at Jubilee Church. And um, it's good to see you all, even if it is just your beautiful eyes I can see. Um, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the encounters that Jesus had with people in the Gospels. And um, you've guessed it. I'm going to be looking at the, the passage that we've just looked at just now, when Jesus healed the... Sorry for a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm getting tangled. There we go. Can you hear me okay? Okay. So when Jesus healed the paralyzed man. So um, Amy just narrated it, but I thought that I'll just share it again. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it. And it's going to come up on the screen in front of you. So this is from Mark 2, 1 to 12. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can, can, can forgive sins. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say the, to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through, through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. So, I would like you guys to just imagine that you were one of the people who managed to get inside the house to hear Jesus preach. So just imagine you're in this packed house, Jesus is home while he is in Capernaum. And it's likely that Jesus was staying in the home of Peter, his disciple, and his wife, who had opened up their home to hear Jesus preach. So I'm imagining there was no social distancing happening at all. I'm imagining that it was kind of packed. And it's hard to imagine standing so close to people right now, I know. But just imagine, right? Just hold that in your head. I'm imagining it's hot. And people are hanging on to every word that Jesus is saying. And meanwhile, there are people outside trying to get in, but they can't even get near the house. And among them, there are these four men bringing a paralyzed man to see Jesus. But they can't get in. It's jam-packed. But they were determined. They were by all means necessary. They weren't going to give up easily. I mean, they could have said, you know what, let's come back tomorrow. Let's, let's just go get some Nando's. I don't know, let's, let's just maybe try tomorrow or whatever. But no. They cook up a plan to get in through the roof. So again, let's just imagine you're in the house. Jesus is preaching, and suddenly, bits of mud and tile are just dropping from the ceiling, right? Let's just imagine. 
that people must have been thinking, what is going on? Now, I've had a few distractions whilst I've been preaching before, but never anything like that, right? And I'm imagining it must have gone on for a little while because they had to make a hole big enough to lower a person through on a mat. So finally, they get through and lower the man above Jesus' head. And, And I'm imagining that Jesus had to step out of the way as the man appears in front of him. And then Jesus saw the men's faith. These men had such belief, such faith, that Jesus would heal their friend. You see, faith is the confidence of things hoped for and the sure conviction of things not seen. Faith is the believing first and then the seeing. And their faith moved them to action. So then Jesus said to the paralyzed man with tenderness, my child, your sins are forgiven. So again, imagine, right? You're watching all of this, you're in the house. And I'm sure people would have thought, but Jesus, he needs healing. Even his friends might have thought, but, but, but we just lowered him through the roof, he needs healing. What's happening? You see, the man's physical need was evident to all to see, but his spiritual need for forgiveness was the priority right then. Now, it's not saying that this man was paralyzed because of the sins that he had committed. It's it's that sin is the root of all suffering because we are in a fallen world. So sin is our most critical human problem. And forgiveness is our most critical human need. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about people's physical needs. Now, that's not what it's saying. It's saying the priority of the kingdom is being reconciled to God through the forgiveness of sins. Now, we may think that our most critical needs are financial or our health. And yes, they are critical and they're pressing needs. But the absolute truth is what do we benefit if we gain the whole world but lose our souls? So Jesus dealt with the eternal need first, with tenderness, compassion, and grace And meanwhile, Jesus knows the scribes are accusing him of blasphemy in their hearts. They're saying, only God can forgive sins, they're thinking. And I'm pretty sure they must have been a little bit rattled to hear that Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. So we see Jesus asked them, which is easier, to say his sins are forgiven or pick up the mat and walk? Now, on the face of it, it might look like saying his sins are forgiven is easier, right? What we do know is that Jesus knew that granting forgiveness meant he was declaring himself as God to the doubting scribes. And Jesus knew that they would later call for his death. And he also knew that granting forgiveness would require the ultimate sacrifice, and that's him dying on the cross, cancelling out our debt of sin. So when Jesus responded to the scribes calling himself the Son of Man, he knew that they would know the significance of it. You see, it points 
to Jesus as the Messiah, that he is from heaven and that he has divine authority. It's the term that Jesus used the most to describe himself in the Gospels. So when he said it, the scribes would know that Jesus is confirming that he is God. If only God can, can, can forgive sins, then yes, Jesus is God. So then Jesus said to the paralytic, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. So Jesus demonstrated his power and authority of the kingdom now, as well as also pointing to the eternal future when there will be no sickness and pain. Now, I don't know how long that man had been paralyzed for and how long he'd been on his mat, but I can imagine it might have been a long time. But when Jesus spoke to this man, the man did not hesitate. Now, he didn't second guess his forgiveness and salvation or the power and the authority of Jesus. We're told the man jumped up immediately and he went in the spiritual and physical liberty that Jesus had just given him. He knew he was forgiven, saved and transformed. He trusted Jesus at his word. Now, for some of us, maybe we've been in a certain situation of sin or shame for a long time, and we think that we can't be forgiven or made clean. And it keeps us bound up, spiritually paralyzed. But in and through Christ, we are set free and healed from the paralyzing effects of unresolved guilt, regrets, fear, and sins. We've all sinned. But forgiveness wipes the slate clean. It cancels our debt, not because we deserve it. It's an act of mercy and grace. And the need for forgiveness is not just for those who encounter Jesus for the first time. It's for all Christians because sin is stifling. It hinders us in our relationship with God. And it stops us from living in the fullness that he intends for us. I wonder if the, if the band can come up just now. Thanks. So this encounter with Jesus, it presents us with many challenges for reflection. You know, how full of faith are we for our friends and family? How faithful are we as friends, particularly now, in these challenging times we find ourselves in. We see the faith and the urgency these men had. Nothing was going to stop them getting their friend to Jesus. In these times, do we have that kind of collective faith and urgency in seeing people encounter Jesus and be saved and transformed? And with these men, we also see creativity. Now, they couldn't come in the front door, so they went through the roof. And we're in a time now when we've had limitations that we didn't imagine that we'd have. You know, churches across the world took crash courses in Facebook, Zoom, and YouTube, because even if the buildings were closed, the church is not, and the gospel had to keep being preached. So with challenge comes creativity, and these friends show us that. So what barriers would we seek to overcome to bring people to Jesus? Now, we may not be able to open our home like Peter did, 
But what ways can we still connect with people, even now? And, and we don't know if these four men were close friends of the man, if, or if they just saw him and decided to help him. But this shows us about being there for other people, especially now. So may we encourage and lift and stir each other up in the faith. Some of us may need that lifting up right now. We've had a challenging seven months. And some of us are being prompted to go and lift others. And this is why we are a body of believers. And for those of us who are Christians, what barriers do we need to move out of the way in our relationship with God? Are we living in the daily freshness and freedom of God's forgiveness? And finally, for those who have never put their faith in Jesus, Jesus has the power and the authority to forgive, heal and restore you. Now, it isn't about what you have done or what you haven't done. It is about what Jesus has done through his blood, which was shed on the cross. There is freedom and there is reconciliation with God in his forgiveness. That is our ultimate human need, and by faith, we can receive it. On the screen behind me, I think there will be um, some contact details. I think the guy's going to put them up. So if you, I know we can't have prayer ministry right now, it's a bit tricky, but if you want to get in touch, if you want someone on the team to, to pray with you, to come alongside you. Those are some of the ways you can get in touch by email, phone, Facebook. There's also information about our growth groups there. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for forgiveness. Thank you that we can find forgiveness and healing through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, would you draw our hearts to you that we may receive the gift of forgiveness as we put our trust in Jesus and can have relationship with you. Lord, we thank you that your mercies are new each and every morning. May we have humble hearts to live in the freshness of your forgiveness, restoration, and your presence each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.